Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. All right, so the the message I want to share with you today is a different one. It's a very different message. In fact, it's so different that I, I, so God led me, I I wanted to speak this, and then I was like, Lord, I I, I need some, I really need to confirm this. So I I called the staff, we were in staffing, I'm like, I want to share some stuff, and, and, and I'm sorry, before that I talked to Becky, Becky was like, don't do that. She said, don't do that. No one needs that. Don't do it. And I talked to the staff, and they were like, yeah, do it. And um, so I was like, okay. You didn't listen to your wife. No. Wow. What did, what did you call us? We are your what? Yeah, yes, but, but, but there are times that, you know, we've got to push back. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> No, I didn't push back. I didn't push back. But I really felt, I felt glad that I wanted to share this. And the reason I want to share this is because it's about awareness. I, w- I want to share a message about awareness, a topic on awareness that sometimes as, as our generations, you know, generations are always changing. They're always evolving. And, and so generations are impacted by external influences. So I, I've been meeting, if you didn't know this, I've been meeting with your teens, your teens, 13 through 16. Wow, I meet with them on Wednesday nights, and let me tell you, uh, I don't drink, I have no alcohol and everything, I do on Wednesday nights after I go home. So, these kids, in all seriousness, I'm joking about that, but in all seriousness, I want you to know that your children are dealing with challenges that you have no clue, no idea what they're up against. So the message today is about awareness. I want to just create a little awareness. It has nothing to do with the team, but I, it, it, it just has to do with kind of preparing you all in, in, um, in future endeavors as you continue to grow. I hope that you are all with us here at Scarlet Note, three, four, five years, ten years down the line. But the, rea- the reality of God's kingdom is that it's always a growing organism. It's always growing and expanding. And there are people that are with us today that are not going to be with us on, on, uh, on tomorrow or the following. It's, it just happens. It's not a bad thing. God's kingdom is an incredible place. So this message, this message, I want to go to the book of Hebrews. And as I read this, again, it's a different message. There are messages of encouragement. There are uh, messages about inspiration. There are messages about healing. This is a message about exhortation. Okay? What did I say? Okay, I didn't say exorcism. I said exhortation. All right, exhortation. All right? And an exhortation is, it's just encouragement. It's just encouragement on a specific area, specific topic. So, Heavenly Father, I pray this morning, this morning, Lord, that in the midst of this environment of worship, this environment of gratitude, in this environment of adoration to you, I pray that you continue to move, continue to heal, continue, Lord, to restore, continue, Lord, to finish 
the work that you have begun. Father, we pray that our hearts may be receptive to hear your word. Not my words, but your words, Lord. And that these words, Lord, will continue to reverberate even after we leave here this Sunday. I pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen, amen, amen. and amen. Let me send a real quick shout out to my girl, Emily Hamm, who is awake, but she's watching. She wants to make sure. She wants to make sure that. She wanted to make sure that we knew that she was watching. Uh, she's away. She's traveling. But she said, I love my church. And she sent me something on Facebook. And I thought that was so cool that young people, young people still like hanging out with old people. I, I like that. I do. I appreciate that. I was like, well, I'm going to send you a shout out. All right. So, uh, Emily, we love you. So, Hebrews chapter 13. Um, and because the message is a bit different, I have a stool. And this is, this is my prop, right? I'm just tired. I don't even But Hebrews chapter 13, I want to read these scriptures. I read these scriptures. I want you to pay close attention to, to the content, okay? Okay? All right. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 17 through 18. Be responsive. In the back, everybody's listening to me? Amen. All right. Be responsive to. Your pastoral leaders be responsive to them. Listen to their counsel. Now, I've never done a to- I've never done this topic before. If you've been here for six years, uh, if you've been here for at least six years, raise your hands for at least six years. Okay, so you know that I've never done a to- this topic. I've never done this ever. And I guarantee you, if you're going to be here 10 years from now, we'll never do this topic again. All right. But listen, listen to their counsel. Next. They are alert to the condition of your lives lives and work under the strict supervision of God. That's a big deal for a pastor. It's a big responsibility. Is, uh, is that it? Yes. Um, no. I'm sorry. This is my favorite line. <laughs> Contribute to the joy of their leadership, not its drudgery. Why would you want to make things harder for them? Next. That's it. That was it. Yeah. How would you want to make anything hard for them? Okay. So I had another verse. Okay. I behaved. I behaved because Anthony warned me. He said, "Don't you be harassing me." He warned me. He even wore his muscle shirt today. He said, "Pray for us. We have no doubt about what we're doing or why." But it's hard going. And we need your prayers. All we care about is living well before God. Hebrews is a book that scholars attribute to the Apostle Paul. Others disagree for many reasons. But as a general consensus, this particular book... Uh, because of its style and its tone, along with other factors, Paul seems to fit as the author. So 
So the book of Hebrews has been attributed to the book, I'm sorry, to the apostle Paul. The author in this book makes a, he's making a plea. And the plea to this particular church is to have pastors and leadership in regard and esteem. Now, in his writings, Paul speaks on numerous topics. He speaks from cultural traditions, politics. He speaks on uh, church structure, governing finances, marriage, gender equality, spiritual warfare, slavery, work ethic, and much, much, much more. So he, he covers a plethora of topics uh, that we deal with in today's society that all of these topics are applicable or but no topic was off the table for Paul. And so it's only natural to assume that Paul writes this book uh, as, as, as he is making this plea. My heart is for you to get the crux of this story or the crux of this message um, called Show Me the Love. Show Me the Love. Show Me the Love. And in the me there at in parentheses, I'm going to put your pastor. Show me the love. Show me the love. Thank you for that. Just the one. That was good. Show me the love. Now, now, what is this about? I've never done a message like this. Never do one again. Baby, keep praying for me. And I know you're like, oh, you ain't listening to me. <laughs> but if you've been here, Scarlett, no, we, we haven't done this in six years. And I promise we're not going to do this. Another, but I'm, I'm doing this message so that it exists in our archives and we can go back and revisit it. Um, and even after I'm gone, that you know, this this is in our archives, and you guys can go back and reflect on this. But the reason I I, I won't do many messages like this, it's not because I dislike the topic of of loving and caring for a pastor or the pastor, but because in many circles this topic is abused. This topic is used to manipulate and to control people. So, so this is this is why I, 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 if you've been here for quite some time, you've actually many people here probably heard me do two messages on tithing and giving offerings. Why? Because I know the exploitation in many circles. I, I know, I know. Uh, so I'm very careful on the things that I share. Rebecca, who deals with the finances, goes, "We need to teach the people," <laughs> and 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 so so. With a lot of grace, a lot of grace, I am under strict supervision from, Adrian called it a higher power. We're talking about God, all right? So I'm very careful. And my aim, like the author of Hebrew, is to create awareness on the topic of the treatment of church leaders, pastor, and, and depending on where you are, maybe you are visiting from another church, go back to your home church and you make sure you give that pastor some love. And if it's hard for you to love that pastor, then move. Go to a church where you can love that pastor. Did you hear me? You hear me online? Yeah. Don't talk stuff about him. Move. Go somewhere else where you love the, the, the dude or the girl. All right? Just, just stop it. But in a home structure, parents ought to raise their children with an ongoing awareness about respecting dad and about respecting mom. And if it's only mom, you respect mom. And if it's only dad in the household, then you respect dad. And, and, but, and if it's an uncle, an aunt, a grandma, you respect them. Children ought to be taught from a young age to be polite, 
to be respectful, to be considerate of those who are offering guardianship. I had my grandkids over the house over the weekend. It was fun to watch how jacked up their parents are. <laughs> and I'm like, holy smoke. Like, you know, I'm calling them, hey, come on. What? I'm like, did you just hit me, boy? And I got to chase them down. I'm like, well, you don't know what, me? You what your dad and your mom, but not me. But but it's a constant reminder of of raising children well. In Puerto Rican culture, and, and again, this is this is not has nothing to do with ethnicity, but your pastor happens to be Puerto Rican. He happens to be born in Puerto Rico. So I'm gonna just share a little bit about my culture, just a little bit. But but where's Emmy? Emmy, Emmy, you, you, Emmy claims to be a true Puerto Rican, not born in Puerto, not born in Puerto Rico. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Emmy, I'm gonna test your Puerto Rican prowess. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. <laughs> Yeah, let's get her real quick, real quick, real quick. It's short, it's short. But I just want to prove a point about Puerto Rican culture, all right? For those that are born in Puerto Rico or of the, the culture in Puerto Rico, just just, just some, you, she, she can't come back, she can't come up close. She got, okay. But as a, as a, in Puerto Rican culture, when a child enters a room and there is mom and there is dad and there are grandparents in the room and there are uncles and aunties the child is expected to audibly say what? one word what do you say? you walk into the room and you say what? and you say that to the Elders. This means, this means I'm requesting a blessing. When the child walks into the room, he is requesting or she is requesting a blessing from the elders in the room. And what, if you are a Puerto Rican, what do the elders respond? God bless you. The child walks into the room and the child is supposed to say, bendición. And the elders say, Dios te bendiga. And that's followed by a hug. It's followed by a kiss. And if that child walks into the room and there are 20 to 30 elders, he's got to go through every single... Bendición, 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 bendición. Emmy, if two adults are speaking, in Puerto Rican culture, two adults are speaking, and your child needs to get to one side of the room to the other side of the room, what is this child expected to do? Permiso. Huh? Say permiso. Permiso. I'm asking for permission. Yes. And then what do they do? How do they walk by? Well, they got to wait until they... You, you give them the permission to do so, 
And then, you know what the child does? They kind of bow. You don't just cross. Because you do not interrupt the eye contact of two adults. You don't do that. I remember my grandfather spanked my dad. My dad told me the story, and I laughed. I thought it was the funniest thing. He spanked my dad. When my, father, my grandfather got his first television, and the newscaster came out. His name was Mammal, was the, uh, the anchor man. And Mammal was giving the news, and, and my dad crossed in front of the TV. <laughs> my dad spanked him because he interrupted Mammal. <laughs> He's on TV. <laughs> but that was respect. That was honor. This and many more other traditions in our culture are small reminders of the regard, the honor, the acknowledgement of people that we esteem and that we hold in high regard. These are good, noble, admirable, admirable, admirable traits for us to cultivate in a culture that today has little regard for elders. In places like Mexico, let me hear Mexico, make some noise. That's right. Keep you guys calm. Places like Mexico, India, India is in the house, Africa, the Caribbean islands, many more. Listen, in different parts of the world, dad and mom, grandparents and uncles and aunties, that's a big deal. You don't disrespect. You, they are held in high esteem and regard. In fact, some of the hardest things when you come to the United States from different countries is how to assimilate the treatment of your parents here versus the treatment of how you treat your parents when you're over there. But we're taught that the mere presence in a room of an elder causes attention, consideration, admiration. Gray hair is not anything to cover. Not in the United States. <laughs> However, here in America, because of its amalgamation of cultures and ethnicities and, 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 and people, Many, if not all of these beautiful traditions are lost. They're not practiced. So our kids don't know. I took Babu, and I remember when I took Babu to Puerto Rico one of the first times, I was teaching him about saying bendición. Hey, hey, you got to say bendición. When you go, when you go, we got to say bendición. This kid was saying bendición to everybody and everybody. <laughs> bendición, 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 bendición. I'm like going, no, you're, that's not the way it works. But in Hebrews, we finished reading that that, that there's a stirring up of, of this same consideration as, as, as Paul is saying, have some consideration for the local pastor. Consider him or her. Consider the church leadership, whomever they are. Follow what they teach. Listen to their counsel. And Paul wanted to keep this regard, this consideration alive in his churches. And my heart today is that you too can pause often and reflect on your pastor. 
reflect on your pastor's wife and, and that of the ones that care for your family. Your pastor Jose was in about three different. Look, Marco's already left. He didn't want to hear this. <laughs> but, you know, Pastor Jose was here Wednesday. He's here on Thursday. He was here. Uh, uh, then he was on Saturday. He was with the men in the morning. And, and then he was with the teens. And he's here today. Consider that. Consider that. My grandfather was a pastor before he died. My, my, my grandfather, Rafael Rodriguez, was a pastor. My sister's here. She can confirm that. This guy didn't smile. We didn't get charisma from him. <laughs> he didn't smile. He's very stoic, very, just very rigid man. And my father was adopted by this man. He was the pastor of the church. He had 10 kids. And, and with 10 kids of his own, one bedroom, 10 kids, his wife, uh, I'm sorry, um, my father's biological mother, before she passed away, before she passed away, she asked my, the, the pastor of the church, would you please raise my child as yours and take him? And my granddad <laughs> My granddad, the pastor of the church, like, oh, my goodness. But he felt that that's what God led him to do, and he did. He took on another child. I'm sorry, two of them, because there was, there was two more, and the, there were three, but they took two of them. But anyway, so my father's adopted, and uh, my father loved, 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 loved his adoptive parents. They were his heart to the day, to the day he was alive. Man, my father taught us. That's my family. We honor those people. They gave me the shot that no one else gave me. So we're going to honor those people. And so, so the only family that I know in Puerto Rico, it's not my biological family. It's this adopted family that took my father and they raised him from the age of three years old. So my, my grandfather was a pastor. And before he died in Puerto Rico, my father and I, we visited the Puerto Rico, uh, the hospital in Puerto Rico where he was recovering from a stroke. This stroke um, was, was, was actually the final one before he passed away. When we walked into the room, he bursted into tears when he saw my father. And I thought that the tears were tears of joy because his son, his grandson, had just walked in through the door. However, what he mustered the strength to say left me flabbergasted at what I heard. I could not believe what he was saying. He said in a whimper, my church got a younger pastor and they let me go as he held on to my father's hand. My father was a pastor. My grandfather's a pastor and they're holding hands. I'm this young person, young adult, was not a pastor at that time. And I saw that image of this old guy crying on his gurney, just crying because they had gotten a newer pastor. My grandfather literally built that church. He built a church building with his bare hands. Currently, to this day, the church still stands. People meet there. He served faithfully and honorably for over 40 years without a blemish to his character. Never a scandal. 
He worked his bones. He worked hard to lead people to a better walk, to a better way with Jesus. That was my grandpa's. But when he grew older, he was surprised. Not with a retirement celebration, not with a uh, severance package or a 401k. Instead, the very people that he so faithfully served held a public meeting. And there they introduced him to his replacement. They let him go. My grandfather died of a broken heart as a pastor. Paul said, contribute to the joy of your leadership, not its drudgery. Why would you want to make things harder for them? And the reason he uses, why would you make it harder? It's because being a pastor, it's hard. Now, contrary to what you may see or read on social media or all of the popular networks, the news networks, there are thousands upon thousands of great, faithful, hardworking pastors all around the world that are giving and laying their lives for the very people they serve. In fact, all the way from Pakistan, watching us right now, there we have a brother, a pastor, who is putting his life on the line every day for a group of over 100 people that he gets to pastor in a place that is Muslim-run in Pakistan, where Christians are only 2%. And not every pastor has a mega church. In fact, the average size of a typical American church building seats 200 people. This church here sits 209 people. This church sits 209, but the average attendance is only 65. Guys, we're a booming church. <laughs> we have more than 65, so we're, man, we're above average. I'm cool with that, right? I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. But, but I'm not here to knock pastors that have wealth, that have fame. That's not my place. If God chose them to have that journey, man, good for you. Good for you. But I just want to bring awareness to the amazing men, and yes, women, Pastors, all right. I don't know where this nonsense has come, where you misinterpret scriptures to 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 stop women from pastoring and speaking in public in churches. That's a wrong interpretation of scripture. Wrong. But anyway, they're great women pastors. Great, many, many. Stop. Out of everything I said, that's what you're gonna call for. Maybe, maybe they're honest. <laughs> but many, many pastors wear multiple hats. And in fact, in their services, they're not just pastors. Many of them in, a, in, a, in their churches, local churches, they're musicians. They're, they're the maintenance person, marriage counselor, social worker. They're the van driver, the food pantry managers, groundskeeper, camera operators, <laughs> caregivers. What else? Many pastors can't afford their own house. Many pastors don't have health insurance. Look it up. You do your research. Many pastors don't have a retirement plan. On an average in the United States, on an average, the average pastor earns under $40,000 a year. 40. 
Here at Scarlet Note, man, you guys, we, we are awesome here. Your pastor's salary here is 26000 a year. That's only 79 cents away from minimum wage. And, and it has been that for the last four years. No increase. Now, I don't say that so that I could wallow up in, in your pity or to be pious in your presence. But I say it to create awareness that this work for me and for thousands of pastors around the world is a labor of love. We do it because we truly love. I do this because it's my purpose. It's my assignment. My children know that I am gifted and gifted in many ways to make to make an income. Different ways. But I love what my assignment has been. And Becky encourages me all the time. Don't get distracted. Because money is addicting. Yes. Money is addicting. Making five and making $10,000 a week is very addicting. Right, Angelo? <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> But Becky and I answered this call to lead this church that would do for the people what our childhood church did for us. And that was to provide Becky and myself as kids with with a place where we would find eternal hope in Jesus. Our childhood church did that. In fact, George is part of that childhood church. Jomaira is part of that childhood church. Our childhood church provided us with a sense of family, belonging. We had a community. Our, 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 our childhood church was a place that was sacred. It was reverenced in every, every way. The pastor was respected. He was honored. Not because he demanded it, but because he was in the trenches with his people. He was a pastor. He was a, a man of the people. Many pastors today have become more, and forgive me for saying this, but corporate mascots. They exist to fluff up a brand and marketing strategies. But the people that they serve never grow in their walk. And they lead empty lives. You know, in the last six and a half years since we started Scarlet No, Becky and our team, we just want to be obedient to God. We want to be obedient to the calling to lead this place, this church. We, we want to see people grow. We want to see you grow. We want to see you drive proportionately, body, spirit, soul. We want to see you grow. We want to see your marriages be the best marriages. We want to see your marriages be the best marriages. Amen. All right, good. We want, to see, we want to see your children be the best sons and daughters. In fact, for some of you adults, we want to see you as sons and daughters be better with your parents. We want to see husbands be the best husbands a wife can ever have. We want to see wives to be the best wife that a husband could ever have. We want to see our single folk thrive and not see being single as something to live out there putting it out on the line because you're desperate but that you are fulfilled though you're single 
But that being single in this community doesn't mean that you are unfulfilled. And for our elders who are mature in age, we want you to know that God isn't done with you, that you have a purpose, that you have an assignment still, that as long as, as there is air in your lungs and that your blood is pumping, there is a next for you. You're not done yet. There's something for everyone in the kingdom. And in six and a half years as a pastor, I hope that I've, I've earned your trust, your friendship, confidence. I hope that in, in your lives, um, I've contributed along with our team, with Becky, myself, to a deeper walk between you and your heavenly father. Um, pastor Jose, I, 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 I'm so blessed beyond blessed that I get to do ministry alongside of my son. Um, he knows. He knows the burden of being a pastor. And I don't make it easier for him. Do I? In, in fact, in fact, if I'm hard on anyone in this ministry, I'm hard on him. And I'm hard on him He's an assistant pastor. Now, let me clarify that because a lot of people say this church has two pastors. No, this church has one pastor. As an assistant pastor, his role is to assist me in my pastoral duties. Now, the reason we did that and the reason I did that is because there is another step in between that, which then the next step would be an associate pastor. Now, an associate pastor now takes the attention off of responsibilities from me to now you, the people. He's a pastor. We, we, we work alongside of each other as pastors. And at some point in the future, you all make a decision when this guy here gets a little too old, um, then you, can, you have the option to look in that direction and say, can he lead us? And then you make that decision. If it's not him, then someone else. But this is not a family dynasty. This is not a family thing. So I, 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 when he was ordained, he was ordained as an assistant pastor. And as an assistant pastor, I told him this is not a family bodega. A bodega is a corner store. This is not what this is. Now, I don't want you thinking that you're coming in here getting special treatment from anybody in here. You're going to work harder than anyone here. Because this, we have, we have strict guidance and strict policies from one who is above us all. And at some point, you're going to be accountable. I will be accountable. And, and so, so, so I thank you, man. I thank you for being humble. I, I thank you for being so obedient. You know, when I get to hear the way your wife speaks about you, when I get to hear about the, the way your children speak about you, when I, get to, when I get to hear your treatment, I get to say, I give God glory to have a minister that works on my side of So I, 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 I hold you in high reverence when we work together, when we work together. I hold them in high regard. Um, and, and, and Becky, you know, I can't say, man, it's, it's almost like speaking to, to me in the mirror because it's, you're my counterpart. You're the other part of me. And so you know the hurt, you know the real, you know what's real. And, and we've gone through this together. And I, man, I value you so much. 
and and the guys know how much I tell them. Please remember Becky on her birthday. Please remember Becky on Mother's Day. Please remember her. Please remember her. Please remember her. Because I remember my mother was in a church where she wasn't remembered. My father was a pastor. And we didn't have our father all the time with us. Because my father was a pastor of the people and he belonged to the people. And so he was always away, always away in ministry. He was always away uh, uh, in, in hospitals. Always, just always, always, always away. Always away. And we did not Beck, uh, Joanna's here, she knows, and she can tell you, but my, you know, my, my mom was a real simple lady and worked hard. She worked her bones in that church, but a lot of the work that she did, she did it behind the scenes and, and would never get credit for stuff like that. So, so I don't want my wife to experience what my wife, what my mother experienced. So I love you. Love you. Love you and our marriage is ha- listen, we've been happily married 34 years now. First 12 years I've explained this to you. But man, we we that's my girl, that's my boo. And my kid my my kids know it. Listen, my kids know it, my grandkids know it. That's <laughs> You want to get on my bad side, man. You want to get on my bad side. But but the one thing but the ba- the one thing even with my wife I always told my wife, don't you think because you're my wife, there's a group of people here that are here to serve you hand and feet. We are servants of the people. We are servants of the people. And, um, and this church was so blessed. And I'm terribly sorry that Aaron is here. I'm sorry you're here, buddy. But this church was blessed to have the most, most amazing woman in this church that we had, Miriam Clark. Yes. And this is what I'm talking about is, is how do we hold in high regard people that have a pastor's heart. And, and Miriam loved you all. She was a mama here. She was a mama here. In fact, I tell Becky all the time, it's one of the things that I miss the most is being able to call her to share pastoral conversations with her because she always gave me the heart of a mom she always gave me the heart of a pastor and I could be transparent with her and that's a relationship so I when I look at Bob when I look at Miriam and this team that we had just it was just amazing Dr. Gladys Reese you and your husband Rob man you guys thank you I don't take you guys lightly From the first day we had this service, from the first day we met, you were here. Your husband just stared at us and then smiled and chuckled. I, I was like, man, this man, I don't know what's wrong with him. I didn't do anything to him. Man, you guys, you're just you're servants, man. You guys serve, serve, serve. And um, what an amazing blessing to do ministry alongside of you guys. And the reason I bring these guys up because I, I want you guys to be regarded. I want you guys to be respected, just to be acknowledged. Because you could be elsewhere. You could be anywhere else. You choose to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So how can we show some love in the coming months and in the coming years to your pastor and to your, your leaders here, your leadership? I don't like calling us leaders. I, I don't like that word. Ugh. Ugh. Leaders. 
What happened? <laughs> we're not we're not leaders now. Ugh, I don't like that word. But number one, let me give you these points. Chris, where are you going, Chris? Sit down. Don't you hear it? Regard me? Chris, don't you? No respect. I'm about to give, I'm about to give you my heart. Chris, you're gonna miss this. We're gonna Chris. <laughs> Number one, write it down. Make a note of it. But if you love me and you love your team here, number one, you ready? Grow. Grow, grow, grow. John chapter 15, verse 8. Jesus said these words. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciple. This world is filled with many counterfeit disciples because you are a true disciple when you demonstrate what? Growth, fruit. This brings great glory to my father. What brings great glory? What? What brings glory to to Jesus' father? What, What brings glory? Huh? When you produce fruit. You know, here at this church, we provide um, every month for our couples, every every month for our couples, two are better. That's for our couples. That's we only have about uh, nine meetings a year. Nine out of the year, we have about nine meetings, and this is to strengthen the couples. It breaks my heart to see the amount of people that don't come out to that. It, It breaks my heart. And so if you love, grow. Grow. The couples that were with us in Cancun, make some noise. We almost got kicked out of that place. (laughs) Acted like fools. I was like, yo, we Christians? Yo, guys, acted like that. Wait till number two. (laughs) We're going back next year. And it's what an amazing experience it was. Wonderful time. If you haven't been to our tour, better listen, better come out. And this is not about a Bible study because it isn't. It's about accountability. It's about community. It's about holding each other, husbands and wives, holding each other accountable. You can't talk to her like that. You can't talk to him like that. You shouldn't treat her. So we hold each other accountable. We learn. We grow together. Bare knuckles. Yeah. Yeah. Man, our fellas, bare knuckles. We have had, and we only have nine sessions. We're over. uh, This is going to be open because this is seasonal. And it's seasonal because we want you to do life with your family. So we don't clutter up the week with a lot of stuff so that, man, do life. Be a Christian outside. It's easy to be a Christian here. I want you to be a Christian out there. So bare knuckles is only seasonal. We started in May, and we're wrapped up uh, June 28th. And it's only Wednesday nights. For an hour and 15 minutes. Hour and 15 minutes. It breaks my heart to see the amount of men that don't show up. Hey, Pastor, I think we need to do more. I got bare nothing. I can't make it. Oh, I got the grass. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to you know. paint the shutters. We only have a few sessions and then, and then that's it. But you love your pastor? You regard its leadership? Those guys prepare for that. Morning prayer. 
We do. We are on day. Uh, what day are we on? What is it? 109? 6.30 in the morning. 109 days. Just praying. Get up. Read some scripture. I prepare over three to 350 to 400 words daily. So those that are listening in the mornings, if time's running out, I'm trying to speak as quick as I can to get you those, those words quickly. But listen, that, don't, that takes work. It takes preparation. But you mean that much. We love you. So we want to see you grow. We've offered 109, day, 109 days, Monday through Friday. But it still breaks my heart to see that there are people that have never been once. Yeah, pastor, pray for me. Join me. All right, I got quiet. Okay. Let me pause down. <laughs> Women group. Women get together. They meet. See the amount of women that don't show up today. Well, hey, you guys had about 70 women showed up to their brunch. There was popery everywhere. It's just it's glitter everywhere. It's like, what is this? You can't even get into it. But you can't say that you are not being poured into. We work very hard. Jose works hard. I work hard. Our, 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 our guest speakers, Dr. Gladys, Rebecca, Jess, we've had, we've had other that have spoken here. Guys, they are, they are held to high standard to give you the best so that you can grow. So if you love, grow. Don't be in the same place. Don't be in the same place in the next two, three years where you find yourself in 2023. Grow. Grow. Dr. Gladys, wouldn't you like to see other people stand up here and preach the gospel? Yes. That'd, be a, that'd be a beautiful thing. I want to see, see Crystal get up and Absolutely. preach. The, yes. Why do you make that face? Yes. Well, you don't believe that? You don't believe that? You don't believe that? Huh? Don't you make me go over there. Put my hands on you. Number two. Ready? Yes. We'll wrap this thing up. I got 16 points. I'm on number two. Number two, loyalty. What was the first one? Grow. Second one? Loyalty. Loyalty means an unwavering allegiance to a person or to a cause. How do we demonstrate loyalty? How do we demonstrate allegiance? Well, we do so in the way that we regard the causes of the local church, its leadership. How do you treat the causes? How do you treat the leadership that demonstrates your loyalty? Loyalty means that I'm aware that I have many, 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 many options to go. To have a relationship. To be part of a community. But because of my commitment, I stay. I go to that little tiny place. I like I call it my home. It's Despite preference or my feelings, my emotions, I like that community. I appreciate people that live in Smyrna. I do. Is it, is it sort of or no? It is Smyrna. Smyrna. I appreciate people that live in Jersey. Jersey. People that live in Philadelphia. 
Elkton, Maryland. Dover. <laughs> Give myself some. <laughs> but I, I, I appreciate that. People that come from Middletown. People that do you, in the in the just in the uh, circumference of of your home, there's probably what thirty thousand churches to go to. <laughs> but you come here. I appreciate that. Loyalty. Ruth chapter 1, verse 16, verse 17. Ruth replied to her mother-in-law, don't ask me to leave you. Don't ask me to turn and turn back. I'm sorry. Where you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. Loyalty. Man, Becky, can you imagine your daughter-in-law saying that to you? (laughs) Becky would go, no, leave, leave, please. (laughs) First Samuel. Loyalty. First Samuel. Chapter 31, verse 3 to 6. The fighting grew very fierce. The Philistines around Saul and the Philistine archers, they caught up with him and they wounded him severely. Saul groaned. He groaned to his armor bearer. He said, take your sword, kill me before these pagan Philistines come to run me through and taunt me and torture me. But his armor bearer was afraid and wouldn't do it. So Saul took his own sword and he fell on it. He took his own life. When his armor bearer realized that Saul, the king, was dead, he fell on his own sword and he died beside the king. So Saul and his three sons, his armor bearer and his troops all died together the same day. Loyalty to the end. There's a contrast of another story, and I don't have time to get into it, where the king asked his armor bearer, take my life so it's not said that a woman wounded me. And his armor bearer took out the sword and said, and chopped his head. And there are many people in church that are just looking for a wounded pastor or leader to take an opportunity to take out their sword and take their lives and to wound them severely. What a beautiful thing to have people that say, Pastor, I'm here with you to the end. Not expecting you to throw yourself over a sword and anything like that. <laughs> not what I'm saying. But that you're loyal. You know the amount of people, pastors that die with broken hearts. Becky and I talk about this all the time. People that ate with us, that, that spent time with us, that, that you, you just did life together and then just disappear. Don't say a word. Don't say anything to you. Like you have no emotions, no feelings. Like you're some kind of a, a, a furniture piece in a house. It hurts. Guys, it hurts. We truly hurt. Number three. What was number two? Number one. 
Okay, number three, respect and honor. First John chapter three, verse 18. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other, but let us show the truth by what? <clears throat> don't, I don't need you to tell me you love me. Show me you love me. Sh show me. That's why this message is called Show Me the Love. Show me the love. John chapter 13, verse 35. Listen to this. Love Jesus. Love what he said. Jesus said, your love for one another will prove. He didn't say the churches you build proves. He, he didn't say the amount of people you save prove. He said that your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Love each other. Your pastor is human. I have, I have flaws. There, there are times where I, I may be in a bad mood. A lot of times. <laughs> there are times where I'm off kilter. There, there are times where I'm just having, a, I'm just, just having one of them, them days, right? Give me some grace. Just give me some grace. Do you know that I meet with your teens? I meet with your teens. Wednesday nights, I'm meeting with your teens, 13 through 17. I prepare for that. I prepare a meal for them. By meal, I'm talking about a spiritual meal. Yeah, we bring some pizza and stuff, but I prepare for them. Don't take that time lightly. I sit with your kids to hear their heart, to hear their hurt. I know that there are things that you're not prepared for. The stuff that I hear in that room is like going, what in the world? It's cool. Love those kids. And the reason I do that is so that I could learn because I am years old, right? <laughs> I need to learn. I need to learn how not to compromise God's grace over their life. Because as I, go, as I grow older, my tolerance continues to dwindle. So I forget that this is a different era, that they have different challenges, they have different needs. So I meet with them so that I can learn the stuff that they have to deal with daily. It's completely different than the stuff that we had to deal with. I told Becky, man, we had the best era. Man, if you are from the 80s, the 70s, 80s, 90s, yeah, rock. You just, our music was the best. Our dancing was the best. It was the best. Anybody beyond 2000, forget y'all. Just forget y'all. Man, our time was just a beautiful time. And like, you know, and I see these kids and, and, and these kids, guys, the church was an epicenter for us. This is where we would come to come and do community. Our kids no longer need a church because they make their own communities online. And every day they're infiltrated with information that you are not providing, that you are not censoring. Every day. Where do they have it? Palm of their hand. Religion. Money, women, men, 
There's no limit. So your pastor's human. Give your pastor a safe place to be real. Allow him to be authentic. Allow him to be transparent. I try to be as transparent as I can. <laughs> Hold me in regard, but don't forget that I am human. The one thing I'm not is divine. Don't ever look at me thinking that I am divine because I'm not. Providing your life and in your time and in your heart a place for your pastor, for the leadership to be human, expecting nothing in return. Did you all get that? Number four. I have two more and then I'm done. Well, I have a priest at six. <laughs> Number four. You ready? Generosity. Galatians chapter 6, verse 6. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Sharing all good things. Look, he's leaving. Look, I just got said generosity. Look, he got up and left. <laughs> just got up and left. Just, you serious, man? Get him six envelopes. No, I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> he's like, I ain't never coming back to that place. <laughs> but listen carefully. Sharing all good things. Generosity is not about money, people. G generosity is not about money. And again, I'm not knocking pastors and uh, you know, other ministries that, that, that can't afford to the, the helicopter their pastor back and forth <laughs> or give them a private jet or whatever. You know. um, this church is not that. I don't want to be that. Uh, you got to leave that for the next pastor. But generosity is not about money. It's about overall well-being being well. Becky and I, we live very modestly so that we can dedicate our lives to this work. In fact, we have rearranged our lives to do this work. The generosity that you can give your pastors is to have them constantly in your thoughts, constantly in your actions. You're always thinking about them. Little things go such a long way. I want to thank the women that got together and um, ladies that sent out envelopes and, and flowers and, and cake. Guys, I, we got a whole cake in, a cake in the mail. Keep it coming. Well, I, I, I ain't never received. I've, I, we got a cake in the mail. Thank you, guys. Just, just thank you for thinking about Becky and loving her like that. I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed to say that. We, we do. We live way, way beneath our means to be able to do ministry. And if you gave your pastor a, a loaf of bread, be sure he's going to make a sandwich. And with every bite of that sandwich, I'm going to be thinking about you. You think I'm lying. This, is on, this isn't only for me, but it's also for Pastor Jose, for his wife, Rebecca, for Dr. Gladys, Minister Reese. You know they lead, you know they work, you know the stuff that they do. Alexis is nine months pregnant. She's almost nine months pregnant. This I, I forget. 
I forget that she, and sometimes I'm so hard on her. I'm giving her such a hard time. And she's like, I'm pregnant, Dad. <laughs> but we, we do, we forget. And she's in here, she's working, she's, you know, late girl never takes a day off, ever. The only, the only reason she's not here today is because her daughter has an earache. But she's here. But demonstrate with actions and with gratitude that you love. Another way that you can show your love is by supporting your home church. Support your home church. I had two kids. Two on Wednesday. Two. Two. Prepare for that. Two. So when you truly love, you have regard. You think ahead, you go. Because we have been here for six years. We didn't come with the building. (laughs) But we've been here. Six Sundays. I'm sorry, for six years, every Sunday, we're here. Serving. 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 This guy has, this guy has MS. And he is so mild about the way he explains it, but you have never seen a relapse of muscular sclerosis unless you, you, you know about it. It's, it's, it's one of the most horrific things. You know, one of, one of the main triggers for an MS relapse Stress. Stress. Yet you hear men, the way they speak to him sometimes, the demands that they put on him while they walk right by him, watching him with six and seven chairs. Oh, I work hard today. I'm tired. <laughs> I'll let you guys set everything <laughs> Be a man and man up. Do your part if you love. I promised I was going to behave. I did, I promised. But this is a way that we can show our love is by supporting. Show up. And then when you show up, show up on time. That is the biggest disrespect that you can give any human being when you show up late. That is disrespectful. To another human being's life. Said he invited me to be here at what time? 9.30. And I was driving down from Dover. Oh, I got to be there on time. Because I respect him. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know why? Because I regard his life. I regard who he is as a man, as a father, as a husband. So I don't take him lightly. What time does the service start on a Sunday? 11 o'clock. Oh, I had a rough day. I had a rough Stay home. Just stay home. But don't do that. It's, it's not good. It's not respectful. You don't do it for work, hopefully. 
You got to go to court. You don't do it for court. You don't do it for school. That's called reverence. It's called honor. You want to show some love? Show up on time. Be on time. Do you know that on a Saturday night, you, you, you could go to bed. You go to bed at midnight. Still get about 11, 10 hours before you come to church at 11. Show up on time. And then whatever other functions we have, be on time. Register. Poor David and his registration. <laughs> Poor kid. He has registration forms for everything. Ain't nobody fill them out. Nobody do this. Nobody does the RSVP. Just but, but a handful. It means the world, guys. You show you love when you show up on time. Our services are usually, not today. I'm going to extend this one. Amen. But no, no, no. We're almost wrapped up. But are you, services are usually an hour and 30 minutes. An hour and 30 minutes. That's everything. An hour and 30 minutes. And still, you, oh, you show up all, you show up late. So I said, and I showed you all, in an average, a cumulative, at the end of the year, you only, you only exhaust three days out of the year when you come to church every Sunday, if you come every Sunday. It's only three days in hours. Only three days. Do the math. All right, anybody good? So the church relies solely on your attendance when you show up. So support your church with attendance. That's generosity. Another way is with your giving. Financially, your support, your financial support. Don't give out of guilt, compulsion. Don't give out of impulse. But be purposeful. Be, be intentional. Guys, you guys all know. Inflation. Anybody know about inflation? Yeah. Anybody know about inflation? Yeah. Anybody know about it? It's, it's tough, isn't it? Inflation is tough. Yeah. You're still buying new cars. You're still going on vacation. You're still buying houses. You're still doing your th- You're still living. You find ways. You do it, right? Don't forget your church, guys. Don't forget your church. You know that every time you go on vacation or you go away two, three Sundays like the Coopers, you know, like it's like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm just messing with you. No, but listen, no, in all, in all seriousness, but like you go away, you forget about your church, you know, and this building pays rent, utilities, supplies. We saw the other day, man, we collected about uh, 19 halfway, half-used bottles of water out there. Just, just, just taken lightly. But your giving helps us continue to pay for utilities, for the salaries, for the staff, for outreach, for supplies, and more. So if you love us, don't forget. You love, don't, don't forget that little contribution Man goes a long way. You know how much of your contribution goes into the ministry? 100%. 100% goes right back into it. And if you ever want a disclosure of giving and the finances here, Rebecca stands to your feet. You go to her. See her, she'll give it to you. Full transparency. Go to her. She'll give it to you. But we want you to know that this is how we do things for the kids. We don't sell anything. Adrian proposed the other day. We were in staff meeting. He was like, pop, let's sound the water. 
He did. <laughs> drink it. Drink it. He, he, was, he was mad. He was like, it was wasteful. Sound in the water. And we're like, oh, no, we're not. <laughs> All right, calm down. Calm down. <laughs> That's not who we are. So the refrigerator's open, and we like to keep it stocked for you and your children. You guys go in and you grab whatever you want. It's us. It's our home. We're the familia. It's a family. We do everything together. Coffee, everything. So all of that stuff costs money. So your giving shows that you love. Thank you for that one amen. When you give to your local church, you're telling God, God, this place is a place where you've been blessed and you want to see it grow. This is what you're telling God. God, this is the place where I meet you. This is the place where I feel you. This is the place where I've grown. This is the place where I'm committed, Lord. And this is why I give. And, and, and everyone that is in here knows that you have never been called to be reminded about your giving. We will not be that church. We're not that. We'll never be that. And we're not that church that tells you that unless you give, you can participate. That unless you give... We're not that church. We refuse to be that. We just believe that if you are part of a ministry and you feel committed to a family, everybody contributes. Everybody does their full share. Everybody. We all contribute. And I want to thank, by the way, I want to thank all of those faithful givers that regardless of what's happened, do you know that even in times of hardship, we've had people to say, I want to give more. And they have. And I just say thank you for that. That is awesome. We get to, we get to bless people and, and do amazing things. Thank you for that. So when you... Yeah, you can clap. And then the last one, number five. Man, we need your prayers. Man, we need your prayers. Man, I was moved to tears as I read the statistics of pastors that are committing suicide. It's increased in 2023 from 2022. It's increased. The last one was a young man of 47 years old, sat on the corner of his bed and he took his life and he left this message to his children and to his wife and the church, the church is still trying to, to heal from this, this mess. Pastors hurt. They, they lead very lonely, lonely lives, sheltered and because they don't, they don't have a healthy community a lot of times where they can be vulnerable and transparent with the people in the church. So we need your prayers. Pray for us constantly. Don't stop. I need you to pray for my wife. She needs to love me more. She, it's, not, it's not enough anymore. No, but, but in our love and in our walk as believers, we have challenges. Our faith is challenged. Our wall, it's when my son talks here about when my son stands here and he talks about his challenges with his health, and then he speaks about his son with his challenges, you know, it is it's hard to see. You're a grandpops, you're a dad, you're seeing all of this, you're you're seeing these experiences. You're hurt, the things that you go through, your shortcomings, all of those things. It's it's it it's it's compounding. So we need your prayers. As a pastor, I need your prayers. Thank you. For Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 3 says, I urge you, 
Let us all stand to your feet. Go. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for the king and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful, quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and it pleases God, our Savior. In the next few months, after after, uh, Bare Knuckles, which ends June 28th, um, we're going to we're going to launch a, an intensive discipleship class here. We want to make preachers. We we want to we want to be able to make preachers. We want to be by make. I'm talking about disciple preachers. Okay, uh, we want to be able to to help people develop in what their calling is. To help people identify what their calling is. And, and this is you know this is going to be something that I'm going to do. Uh, it's probably going to be on a Tuesday night. Um, but I, I want to dedicate the next, listen, we're at the six, six month mark in the year. So the next six months is just going to be about learning how to read the Bible, study the Bible. What is the Bible? How it works? How's it meaning? And what's the meaning for it in my life and its value? Um, a lot of people just are stuck and don't know what their next steps are, but we want to be able to provide that. Um, so right after June 28th, you're going to get um, one big email or text message that's going to say, we're, we're starting. We want you to come out. And if, hey, you want to continue to grow, you want to continue to develop in your walk, we want to invite you to come on out and, and, and join us. And um, again, there is going to be no worship. We're not going to be singing. That's not what I'm doing. You're just going to get word, 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 and more word. Okay? And uh, so I want to pray for you. I'm going to ask Becky to very carefully come over here with me, Becky. Pastor Jose, grab Rebecca. You come over here. Jessica, you come over here. Adrian, come over here. I want you to come over here. Dr. Gladys, walk over here. Come over here. Robert. I'm going to get you my hand, bro. I'm just trying to... <laughs> Anybody else? I can't really see. Um, where's, I want to get Emmy and Luis. Where's Luis? He went to work? He went to work? No, no, if he went to work, that's fine. He needs to make money to support and, go, and be generous to the church. <laughs> um, Anthony, I want you to come over here, Anthony. Go grab, uh, grab Shawanti. Oh, she's with the kids? Okay, okay, no, no, let's not interrupt her then. She's with the kids. Come over here. Miguel, Vente. come here, Miguel. I want you to come. George, come here, George. Huh? They're with kids? Okay. He's a... Anybody from the worship, anybody else from the worship team that I'm missing? Emmy, Emmy, I'm sorry. Emmy, come here, Emmy. Is it Gino, Dino? Come here, Bobby. Come here. Come here. Come here. Yeah, come here, Bobby. 
Pablo, where's Pablo? Okay, pa yeah, Pablo, get out of there. No, 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 come on, come on. Come on, Pablo. Pablo, go grab Patty. This is, this is, this is the, these are the guys that, men, you grab her by her hair and then <laughs> drag her over. But he's afraid, he don't even know how to touch her. <laughs> Now, I want you to listen, listen carefully. Listen carefully. These guys just represent just a portion. I can't obviously get everybody. Because all of you guys are ministers and you guys all to some capacity do work. Is, he bad? Is that Luis? You know, we came back from Cancun. Stand right here, Luis, for a second. Seriously, stand right here. You love me, by the way. You better love me. <laughs> but, but listen carefully. We came from Cancun. We were in the car driving together. And he said to me, Pastor, I'm, I do security here at the church. I want to do something else. What, where do I go from here? And that stirred something inside of me. Because he was showing and demonstrating a hunger to continue to grow into something else. And not about a role in the church, but where do I go from here? So I, 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 I speak this over you. I, I speak that in the, in the years to come, you will be a preacher. You will be a teacher. I, I speak that over you. I speak that you will lead men and you will do it well. You will do it well. I, I, speak, I speak that the God-given charisma over your life to attract other men to come with you the weirdest guys that you drag to come here, I, I speak that that is a testimony of what God has given you that makes you magnetic. I speak that over you. Stand next to your wife. So, love you. So I want you to extend your hands in this direction. And if I haven't caught anyone in particular, don't, please show me some love and give me some grace. It's just, I, I, okay? Just, it's, it's, it's not, nothing personal, all right? But just everyone here represents ministry represents a capacity a level of involvement of pouring and giving can you pray in this direction uh, Jody come over here I, I didn't see Jody come over here for a second come here Jody said I want to play the drums I want to play the drums so I gotta give you what we have what we need so come over here I, I want you to be part of this here, get back there <laughs> I'm sorry Oh, Marco, pero está sentado un bobo. Marco, come here. Marcos, come here. As again, as I said, I can't call everybody up, but it's, he, he know. Come here, Marcos, come here. Get your wife. Oh, you got the baby? You don't got the baby? Come on. Come on. We're looking up here like we are the world. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for this amazing group of people. I thank you for the calling of ministry, Lord. Father, we don't take it lightly. Father, we know that many men and many women before us, Father, died and laid their life to lay a foundation for us to build on. Father, we honor those men. We honor those women. We honor their service. We don't take it lightly. Father, we acknowledge that in places around the world, Christianity is done very, very differently. It has suffered. 
It is sacrificed. There is martyrdom. Lord, and Father, we are blessed to do ministry to this capacity in our country. So, Father, we just pray this day, Lord, that we may never forget why we do what we do and who we serve. So, Father, I pray right now for boldness over each and every person that is here today. Father, I pray for those that are here on stage that are representing a level, a department, Lord, of ministry. Father, and even those that are here in the audience, Lord, that are as involved and as pertinent, Lord, that they are involved. Lord, I just say, Lord, may we continue to grow. Bless their hearts. Father, I pray that you may continue, Lord, to grow them, mature them, Lord. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that your love, Lord, never, never, Father, ceases to fill their hearts for people. Father, may our hearts never grow cold to this dark world, Lord, and that we may emanate who Jesus was on earth, that we may do the same. Father, I pray, Lord, that whatever challenges come our way, Father, that we boldly, Lord, may take our position, Lord, Father, as your sons and daughters, ambassadors here on earth, Lord, doing the kingdom work. So, Father, as we leave here today, may we always be reminded, Lord, Father, of the love that we are to have for one another, especially for those that we hold in high regard. Father, keep us humble. Keep us meek by way of your Holy Spirit, teaching us, Lord, speaking into our life and speaking into your spirit. I thank you, Lord, for giving me the honor and the privilege to do ministry with these men and women. Lord, I am honored. I am humbled, Lord, that you have chosen me, Lord, to do and to lead this work. I never take it lightly, Lord. Father, thank you. We love you. We bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Thank you. You may be seated. For those that are watching us online, God bless you. You guys are dismissed. We'll see you next Sunday. We promise it won't be this long. I promise it won't be this long. God bless you. You guys are dismissed. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.